Welcome to the Copying Content Podcast. If you're a speaker, coach, consultant, trainer, podcaster, YouTuber, whateverer, who actually gives an ish about your audience, this podcast is for you. Our host, John Cook, shares interviews from top thought leaders on the topics of speaking, copywriting, content creation, branding, and marketing. So snuggle in those earbuds and let's get started. Welcome to the Copying Content Podcast. I'm your host, John Cook, and this podcast is specifically for thought leaders who actually give an ish about their audience. I am so excited to be joined by today's guest, Megan Conter, the mistress of marketing. Uh, Megan and I got connected about uh, a couple years ago through Kyle Matthews with Crankset Group and the 3 to 5 Club. And uh, just being able to connect us. Like, and when I heard Megan's name, when you hear somebody's name three or four times in the span of a two-week span, you kind of go, okay, I, I get the impression. I get the point. I need to meet this lady. Tremendous, fantastic. And so when it, we were starting to put together copy and content, I said, okay, Megan, I've got to have you on, one of our guests. So Megan, welcome to Copy and Content. Can you share a little bit about your background and any any spots where I might have missed part of that introduction? Sure. Thanks, John. I'm super stoked, first of all, that we met two years ago and that I am your only and your most favorite Megan Conter and that you are my (laughs) only and my most favorite John Cook. Yes. Uh, It's always fun when we get to talk with each other and collaborate on projects with one another. So thanks for having me here. Absolutely. And yeah, so I, as you said, I am the mistress of marketing and the founder of the Dames. Uh, The short background is that in 2008, when I was laid off from my last job in marketing, I started my own business, not knowing what the heck I was doing as an entrepreneur. Um, really, one of those opportunities of a lifetime, as it were, <laughs> that you know, leaving corporate America and wondering, okay, what am I going to do next with my life? Not being able to find a job that really lit me up, and I met several entrepreneurs that suggested I start my own thing, which was the turning point of a lifetime, and I'm super grateful for it. So. My company has gone through many different iterations, Uh, had a social media management company for the first five years, and then did social media strategy for two years, and really all the while kept finding the same problems appearing over and over again in my clients' businesses, which were the fact that they didn't have, which was really concretely, the fact that they did not have a solid foundation on which to build their brand and their marketing. So my iteration that has been for the last five and a half years of my business is as Megan Conter, the business and marketing and, you know, all these things, marketing, everything coach, where I really go in and help my clients by tearing down the two-story foundation, the two-story structure that they've built so that we can actually rebuild that foundation to become a skyscraper. Because I don't know if you know this, John, but you can't build a skyscraper on a two-story building, you know, two-story foundation. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, usually have bad, bad results if that's the case. (laughs) Exactly. So Uh, my clients are really struggling and wanting to get to that next level, but they can't do so with the foundation that they've built. And we rebuild that structure. Um, At the same time, through all this process, I found that my clients who are women that are running six and seven figure businesses um, with two to 30 employees in a lot of B2B service industries, some B2C, were also struggling with finding a community for themselves. So Mm -hmm. as I was going out there looking for these women who have achieved a certain level of success, so we we uh, all of our dames members are at 100,000 and above in revenue. I couldn't find an organization out there, so I created one myself, and that was in 2015. And we are the dames in, in typical entrepreneur fashion. I, I can't find what I really need, so I'm just going to build it myself. That's right, and I'm going <laughs> to do it better. <laughs> yeah, like the custom custom architecture, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and it's really interesting because you and I have had a chance to work with a number of, of clients through MeganContor.com. You know, and it's it's incredible to me the clarity in which you give um you know when, when people are first connecting with you are these tremendous women and, and knowing a number of clients that that are uh, through your firm that we've had a chance to work with together uh, they're they're not just great business minds and and have with a great business that's in place because they've been working with you but they have great messages they have great um, great social messages that are tied in with a great heartbeat behind it, but also really a, a 
a world-changing, life-impacting type message. And was, was that kind of your intent starting in this, to saying, I, I only want to work with these women who also have a message that I can really get behind and, and, and support? Um, or is that like something that kind of naturally evolved as part of your, was that a, a focused brand value or something that kind of organically happened because that's a value of yours? It was definitely a focused brand value for sure. And it came from the desire. It came from honestly having worked with a lot of different types of businesses in the social media world and really deciding that my main vision in this world is to get more women-owned businesses to the million-dollar mark so that we can create more radical employment opportunities, better business cultures, and create you know, awesome solutions to complex problems. And that knowing that that was my, my vision for the world is more, more of us in power. Ha 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 ha. That really the women that I love working with most are those who are already transformational leaders. They're sure. those that are changing the way that business is being done in their industry. And they no longer want it to be the way that it's been for centuries. They yeah. really want to stand apart. And so, yes, they have a unique, authentic message that's very different than most. Yeah. And so for the for the women who are wanting to come with you, come and work with you and, and to you know receive your insight and your coaching, the women who are in that, that six figure mark, what are some of those biggest obstacles that you find that, that is keeping them from getting from that six figure to the seven figure mark? Uh, well, as it relates to, as it relates to marketing, it's really the fact that they don't have a clear message, but really there's a lot more than that. It's they, they haven't sure. really sat down and looked at the numbers So they haven't looked back at the past and what they've been spending their money on and what they've been spending their time on and where that has and hasn't worked. They haven't really sat down and looked at their financial projections and where they're headed next and how, Mm. what is the possibility for getting there and what's the plan and what are the steps for getting there. Um, Another common pitfall is that they don't really know who their target audience is. And Mm. by the way, John, I'm not sure if you know this, but women is not a target audience. That's 4.5 billion. <laughs> Hello, do you have a heartbeat? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have skin on your face. You're my target market. No. Yeah. If you're Mary Kay, maybe, but <laughs> still, <laughs> still doesn't work. So there, you know, the target market is always one that baffles because they have tried so many different tactics or they've gotten bamboozled by the, the marketing tacticians that I like to call them as such. <laughs> who come in selling their wares of, you know, Google ads or whatever the case may be. And then my clients get bamboozled, like I said, into spending way too much money on something that ultimately was never designed for them in the first place or was never designed in a way that it could be measured. So, you know, they're, they're running into that tactics. They're trying to do tactics before strategy. And I always say strategy comes first, tactics second. So they haven't really looked at the the strategy behind things and they have not taken the time to clearly differentiate themselves from their competition and to do that competitive research Mm. to be able to uniquely or distinctly and accurately concisely state what it is that's different about them from their competition. What's their unique value proposition? Absolutely. And of course, you know, they haven't taken the time to look at their offerings to see how, if they're positioned in a way that's actually going to help them achieve those goals. If the way that they've packaged their services is attractive to and desired by their target audience, Mm. and if it helps them be differentiated from their competition. So those are the factors that they aren't, they haven't taken the time to look at yet. Yeah, and, and for many people who might be listening to this, and if you're saying, no, yeah, maybe you are a woman who's a coach or a consultant or a speaker, and you say, well, I, I feel like I'm I'm kind of in that same place, but um, what's the process that you use, Megan, to really help gain that clarity, be able to identify that audience, and then help them find out, okay, do these services even work? Like, do you have what's that process look like for you? Yeah. So it's a three-phase process that we work through with my clients. It's called my marketing catapult coaching process. And in that first phase, we really focus on everything that I just mentioned. So goals, looking back at your numbers, target audience, an ideal client, your brand, how you need to up-level it or quite frankly, scrap it and redo it. (laughs) Um, 
I, of course, forgot to mention your mission, vision, values, the core of your business, which is at the first step, actually. Sure. Um, and then looking at all of those factors and then looking at your brand, how it's going to be up-leveled, then plus your, your service offerings and how they've been packaged, priced, and positioned. Uh, we spend about three months looking at all of that information and getting doing things like surveying our clients and doing market research and looking at your financial statements getting clear on your your values and how you use them internally and externally to attract the right team members and the right clients, et cetera. So we really go deep on all those areas. And then at the end of that three months, we take all of that information and we work with other amazing people like yourself when we've worked with you and you know other people who do things like content writing, website building, you know, creating lead magnets and creating all the beautiful things that need to, uh, that we need to have happen, that we need to imp- implement. Can I speak English today? Yeah. Need to implement. <laughs> <laughs> so that all of the, all of that aligned messaging that we've pulled out gets displayed um, all online and offline on all their platforms. And then that third stage is really all about teaching them and bringing in the right resources to, fuel the online funnels that we've built as well as the offline funnels and then help them by creating a content marketing plan and a marketing plan that they can then measure and activate. Yeah. And I think what stands out to me is the intentionality mm-hmm. of all of that, because you, you talk about the foundation. Um, truly so much of what you do is foundational in that messaging. And it's when, you know, I've been able, of course, I've had the luxury of being able to look through some of the, um, some of the messaging that you've put in place for clients. And when people say, well, I have messaging in place, I've done my messaging research and they have, you know, a couple pages. I, um, one of your messaging documents and sent over to me for one of our, one of the clients that we've worked on together and we've served together is, was like 20 or 22 pages. And, and people are like, and say, gosh, that's information overwhelmed. But the way in which it's segmented shows a lot of intentionality. This section fuels this section, which informs these next two or three sections under this big structure. Um, it's kind of like you have a plan in place. What do you know? A plan, a structure. It's amazing. It's kind of like this isn't your first time doing it. Yeah, structure um, creates freedom. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so when your clients connect with you and uh, and they've burned been burned by the tacticians, and and then you, uh, what is that process? Not the process, but like kind of what is that conversation where they share with you, hey, I spent thousands on on Facebook ads and I didn't get any clients, um, or. Um, or I've spent thousands on on uh, Google AdWords or whatever it is. These marketing really schemes uh, without without a strategy is just a scheme. Yeah. Um, and um, what are some of those objections or what do those conversations sound like when they kind of say, "Well, I've tried that already." Right. Well, some of the the good thing about working with women is that we tend to be very coachable. And so when I can really get in there and start talking to them and asking them additional questions about hey, so before they started doing these things, did they do some detailed target market analysis? Did they look at your numbers and your past performance? Did they look at your analytics and see how much traffic you were getting and where that was coming from? And, you know, I start asking all the questions, Mm -hmm. which I know are part of my process. And when they start to see all of the things that are required before you actually choose tactics and I can explain to them the way that my process is organized and why they really, these, I mean, all of my clients are super intelligent women. They can tell right away, like, okay, Mm -hmm. I see. And I, you know, I'm very transparent. I just say, look, there's unfortunately a tendency in our industry for marketing people to come and try to sell you their latest and greatest magic pill. There is no magic pill there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist. There's a magic suite of pills that come from a strategy, and then I would actually like to say supplements. They're magic supplements, not supplements. pills. Let's not get people addicted to more medicine, right? <laughs> um, but really, that comes from understanding and having a deep, solid foundation, not from, oh, you know, this is the latest and greatest, we should try it on your business. But a lot of it is really helping them understand what a process, what the value of a process is. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of my clients really have never even gotten into the world of digital marketing. So they are scared because they don't know where to begin. Mm-hmm. They have heard these horror stories from other business owners, or they've seen this, you know, 
suite of marketing tactics that they would have to choose from. And they're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I should do. Sure, sure. So I can do the same thing, help them understand that with the process and going through all this information, the more the information that we gather, even in the target market section alone, informs us, gives us all the information we need to know where online we need to be positioning them, what offline, you know, trade shows, speaking opportunities, et cetera, that they need to be seeking out, Hmm. uh, et cetera. So really it's all about if this, then this, and they are very easily able to see the, you know, the connection that is made. Yeah. And, and for that, that marketing, he said it's the marketing launch catapult. That's the, the marketing the, catapult coaching is my marketing program. catapult coaching yep. you know? um, for that. How long is that process? Seven to 12 months, depending on the size of the organization. Okay. So it's a significant investment. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And, and coming away from that, of course, you know, we already talked about kind of like here are the desired outcomes and here's, you know, here's what we're expecting from like a benchmarks. If you go through these seven to 12 months, you're going to have this, 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 this in place. Um, um, I love you to share some stories about, you know, some of your clients who have gone through that process. Where were they before they came into that process and what's some of kind of the experience through that process, some of those aha moments, and then where did they end up and now moving forward? Definitely. And the, just to state it right out there, my clients are looking for one of three outcomes, sometimes all three. Uh, they're looking to increase their revenues or decrease their expenses and wasted time. And or the third is to create clarity for themselves and their teams. Mm. So that's the outcomes that they're seeking. And that's the outcomes that my, my program provides. Um, a couple of examples to highlight some of those different areas that business owners are looking for. Um, I have one of my favorite all-time clients is Transworld Business Advisors. They're uh, the Denver's largest business brokerage firm. And these guys are amazing. They, they really are changing the culture of business acquisitions and mergers. And so going through my process and getting clear on the target market they serve and really looking at the immense growth that they wanted to have in their first like three years of business, we were able to identify a serious gap in mm. their service offerings by looking at the, the sales cycle of, you know, typically a business owner coming to them who wanted to sell their business at some point, they were looking at a two to three year window before they'd be able to sell. That's wow. a really long period of time <laughs> for a company not to be able, not to be bringing in any revenues. And then of course, during that period of time, those people could go away and never come back because maybe when they are ready to sell, they find somebody else because they've forgotten about you three years later. Sure, so sure. we really were able to identify a huge opportunity that A, would help Transworld increase their revenue, but B, would service that market in a much better way by creating a prep to sell program. And this was delivered by consultants that are already employed by Transworld, mm. which was created to increase the valuation of that business and create, you know, systems and processes and create the things that were needed in order to make that business sellable in a much shorter period of time. So that business owner as well was able to sell within, you know, a year to two years, not just start the process in two to three years. Sure, sure. So that's a great example of one of the things that happened in working with one of my clients. Um, another one is Ponderosa Billing. They're a medical billing service who, when I started working with Karen, who's the owner, you know, she was at a place where she didn't even know what marketing would benefit her sure and is. had a, you know, really outdated website, had never thought about messaging, had never thought about medical billing is something that could be, you know, translated into messages that would be exciting to the public. But, you know, part of the process is in clarifying all the messaging and redoing websites, et cetera, is to create an online funnel. And that, you know, the free gift that we've put together and the nurture sequence, et cetera, has really made their website go from a brochure to an actual conversion tool and you know that conversion rate has gone up like 300% in a year because they have a way for people to get in that funnel and to be nurtured and to become clients even if they're looking on their website at 3 a.m. Sure. Well, and that was a pretty baller uh, lead magnet that was put together if I if I do say so myself. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but the fabulous John Cook did it. 
Oh, oh, did I do that? <laughs> well, Oracle there, did I do that? Um, yep. So from knowing that many of your clients are also in the coaching space. Um, Some, yes, yeah, a few. Yeah, a few, a, a number of them. Um, right. Specifically, as you, as you engage with the clients who are in the coaching space, what are some of the kind of common threads that you hear um, for your coaching clients that they're saying, okay, this is where I'm stuck, or this is where... Um, specifically as a coach, I'm feeling this. Um, a lot of times it's, <laughs> it's the understanding of numbers and really setting benchmarks that can be achieved. And so it's this incongru- incongruency between, hey, I want to grow my business to $100,000 tends to be the, the number that you hear out on the street. Most of my clients are sure. more at 250000 and above. But whoever says whatever, they're like, we want to increase our revenue to X amount of dollars. But a lot of times coaches don't think about how they've priced and packaged their offerings Mm. and how many they would have to sell in order to achieve that goal. And they have never really sat down and looked at the numbers of, you know, uh, contacts, leads, and conversions. And so they're living in this sort of like ethereal world of, possibility that doesn't really have any concrete concreteness to it, which we need as business owners, if we're going to grow and scale. Sure. Um, so I think that that's a big bridge or gap that's often missing is, is what you've created um, going to get you to your goals? And also is the way that you've packaged and put together your offerings, is that what your target market wants? Mm. So I have people come to me and they're like, okay, I really want to launch a membership. And I'm like, hold up. Who's your target client? (laughs) Do they want a membership? And then they're like, well, yeah, I'm going to charge, I don't know, $27 a month. And I'm like, all right, tell me about your past clients. And they're like describing these luxury brand type clients who have no problem paying her thousands of dollars for, you know, a private coaching eight week program. And we're going to charge $27 for a membership. I'm like, and you're telling me all this content that you're wanting to create for it. And (laughs) luxury, you know, products. I'm like, where do you get these numbers? There's no, you know, there's, you're not thinking about the target client when you're creating these things. So we've got to make sure, A, do they want that? B, are we pricing it? And we're giving them things that they want, or are we just trying to shove our advice down their throat, which as we know, never works. Yeah. And and I think for so many people who are saying, um, getting the right offer in place and then pricing it appropriately, kind of right sizing the price from a, from a, here's the right sizing, the fit of the offer to the actual felt need of the market. And then right sizing that right offer to the appropriate, uh, budget level that, that you expect for the clients that you want to attract. Um, and having a process. Yes. That's something that I run into all the time with coaches too, is, well, people won't pay. They're not paying the $5,000 I want for a month of coaching. I'm like, really? Well, what are you telling them you're going to do with them? (laughs) Well, it depends on that person. It depends on what we're, I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) If, If you walk up to a car and, you know, at a car lot and they're like, here, would you like this car? It's $5,000. And you're like, what's in it? And they're like stuff. Well, how fast does it go? It goes fast. Like, yeah, like don't give them any specifics. They're not going to buy the car. It's the same yeah. kind of situation. What are you going to do with them? What are the, what's the end goal? And what are the milestones that you're going to achieve? Sure. And, and we laugh about it, you know, and, but it's, I think we laugh about it because we recognize the, the irony um, from a coaching standpoint. I found so many yeah. different coaches and consultants say, well, or here's, here's my pricing package. And, and they put an arbitrary number up yep. and it doesn't have a lot of market research behind it. It doesn't have a lot of value to deliverables connected to it. And it doesn't have a process where they can say, okay, if I purchase this, what are we even going to do for a month? What are we going to do for this, you know, six to 12 months engagement? What does that even look like? Yep. Um, and knowing that you have that, that uh, catapult in place to really give the, the clarity, direction, and details for those three areas that you talked about, that's huge. Right. Um, and for a number of people, um, knowing that you got into this and you shared a little bit of your background and story, kind of like whose messages for you have really informed and inspired you over the last couple of years, specifically for you as the mistress of marketing? Yes. 
Well, so I was thinking about this question because, you know, a little secret, you provided me with some of these questions so that I wouldn't be bamboozled and baffled. Oh, no. It's like we have a plan. It, it is. There's, <laughs> there's a structure and a plan and a process. Oh, my. Uh, so this question is kind of funny because I don't think that there is anyone who, who, any who, who has influenced me in my process. Um, this is always a fun question when people ask me, like, who's been your hero? You know, I'm, I've never been one to really look at others and be like, oh, that's my hero. I want to be exactly like them. But what I can tell you is that um, if you want to say what has really helped influence my message, it's me. It's my mm. connection to my higher self. It's my own process of slowing down and tapping into divine messages and to the things that are given to me on a regular basis by angels, guides, God, whatever you want to say in your own vernacular. Um, but I can tell you a funny, funny story about me finding my own message. Because Go on. Yeah. Years ago, I was driving on a road trip with a friend and I was, I, I cry a lot. I don't know if you know that about me, but I'm an emotional person and I'm fully admitting it to the world. So I was crying saying, Lisa, I help people all the time, like articulate their message and find their voice and start speaking to their audiences. And I feel like I've gone mute these last few years because I don't want to talk about marketing and branding all the time. I, I just don't feel like I want to speak about that 24 seven. There's got to be something else. And what's my message? And, you know, I felt like somehow I needed one central message that I was just going to speak on all the time. And I don't know why, because I never tell my clients that that's the case, but this is what I felt like. So I just kind of let it go. And then don't you dare start singing that song, John. I started, just let it go. And it's, yep, it's not in my head years, at all. <laughs> I went back and realized that I, as soon as I let go of this need of finding my one message and just started speaking what was on my heart and on my mind and doing that from a very aligned place where, you know, I was fully self in self love and fully self actualized mm. and really just started speaking about my own journey and about the challenges that I've seen around me with my clients and my friends and my community. That's when I really found that my voice returned. And that's what I had done before anyways. But really, it was like me telling the story of quitting drinking and me talking about collaboration and mm -hmm. me talking about how connection is everything for me, connection with my higher self, connection with others, connection with information, my ability to look at a business and play Tetris with it to get it in order so that a brand and a marketing message can be super easily articulated and repeated. Um, that, you know, all of those messages just started coming out when I allowed myself to, uh, you know, really realize that I was already the thought leader that I have always been. Yeah. Well, and it's one where, you know, you wouldn't toot your own horn, but it's one where I, I've been so inspired because um, you mentioned the, the uh, journey towards sobriety. And it's one where um, in, in your own way in which you've shared it via Facebook and a few other different forums that um, it, it didn't seem like this was this massive, uh, you're, you're this alcoholic, you know, laying in on Colfax, as it were, but the way in which you shared kind of the relationship that you've had in the past with alcohol and to to step away from that almost a year ago today, mm -hmm. uh, your, your one-year mark's coming up here in a couple of weeks, yep. if I remember correctly. And um, it's one where you, you put out great content and you did tremendous work before. But I, I, I think for me, just in the last couple of months, seeing the clarity and seeing the drive, uh, even, you know, we're, we're doing this via, via Zoom call and, and uh, just seeing the glow that you have um, and the way in which it's so obvious that this is a fresh, um, energized, fully um, uh, aligned Megan Conter and just seeing how, what's that done for your message? What's that done for your client work? And, and you, from a speaking standpoint, how much does that really um, opened up new doors for you? Yeah. I mean, I would say it's changed all of those things that you mentioned and mm. quite a few more. Um, honestly, the, the level of mental clarity has really opened up for me to be able to function at an even higher level than I was before. Uh, 
one one thing that alcohol really did was it dulled my connection to my higher self and my mm. ability to receive the messages that I regularly receive. It also dulled my ability to access my intuition and mm. my deep knowing. Um, so since, you know, letting go of that thing that no longer serves me, I've that clarity, that emotional clarity. And, and honestly, I have to say, I haven't cried nearly as much as I used to because I think alcohol affected my emotions a lot more. So even though I'm still a proud emotional crier, I don't need to cry nearly as much as I used to. <laughs> um, just in terms of like a personal life, my husband and I don't fight hardly at all anymore because, you know, the things that were creating fights were really honestly alcohol induced. Mm. And that's no fun. Mm. Um, Which takes I, guts to admit that. So thank yeah, you for I'm sharing totally that. willing to admit that. Like it's, it was not an easy situation in the household with two people who like to drink and both of us are now alcohol free. So it's become wow. a much more peaceful household. And I give, by the way, I give mad props to my friends who've gone sober without their significant other doing it because that's a whole different level of, of challenge. But absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've also, you know, lost 15 pounds. So I feel physically better than I ever have. And my, my ability to create connections for my clients and to, and I, that's kind of a weird thing to say, but to really, like I said earlier, tap in and play Tetris with their business because I can peer in and see all the things that need to be moved and shifted and the, you know, the facilitation that I'm able to do for my clients, because these thought leaders, these women are going through their own challenges and their own mindset issues. And so I'm able to bring in my, my strength as a facilitative coach to really help them get past those barriers to unlock mm. Their own courage and their abilities to express themselves as the thought leaders that they are. Everything has become more acute, more clear, more refined, and mm. here for me. And, you know, people have already said in the past that, my God, Megan, I look at you and I don't know how you function doing all the things you do all the time, but you seem like you're able to do it even more now. It's like, yes, that whole thing about the Limitless movie, I feel like I've taken a pill and I can handle so much more and I can do so much more. Mm -hmm. Great movie, by the way, Limitless, yes, it is. Uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Um, and it's one where, you know, one of the questions I'd like to ask here for, for our guests on copy and content is um, kind of what's that, that most powerful piece of advice you can give any thought leader to really grow their impact. And it sounds like you're kind of already starting to answer that about kind of removing those, that crutch or that dependency that's hindering your impact. Yeah, I would say even before that, though, it's uh, finding and growing your self-love. Mm. That's something that I started, like my spiritual journey started in about 2012. And I can remember sitting in a retreat for one of my past clients and participating in it and having this total awareness that I had never learned to love myself. Mm. that I had always learned to love others and that that was no fault of my parents or no fault of anyone else's other than our society. That's what we are taught that it's, sure. we sure. teach others and we teach our children to love everybody else. But I felt very awkward as a 30 some year old, I'm not going to say how old, but 30 some year old sitting there realizing, Hey, I've never I don't even know what self-love looks like. And mm. so beginning that journey, which lasted about three years of like deep exploration and understanding and finding the connection with my higher self and my, my soul and, and all of this of finding my intuition and activating that, uh, you know, developing this deep connection between myself, my higher source, others, my heart, and, you know, how it attaches to others and how I can really pull in information at any given time from this infinite source of information. So absolutely, a lot of it is that really it's getting clear on <laughs> what we need as individuals, as a spiritual connection and that, that true unconditional self love and which then helps, you know, really illuminate the things like you mentioned, this thing that I recognized I couldn't take with me any longer but I never would have seen my problem or my, you know, issue with alcohol if I hadn't first found my intuition and my own self-love. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and for, you know, who if you're listening to this and, and you're maybe you're, you know, heading into work or you're going to the next client meeting or you're waiting for your flight or whatever it might be, wherever you're at, on the treadmill, you know, whatnot, there's a good chance that you don't love yourself as much as you need to because you are powerful and you are unique and you are beautiful and I'm not just talking, you know, this, this one where for us dudes, we might think, well, you know, I, I don't see myself as beautiful. I'm, I'm a dude. There is a beauty and there is a tremendous power that's been innately designed into each of us to do tremendous things. And when we don't love ourselves to the level which we were intended to love ourselves, we rob the world of tremendous value. We rob the world of who we really could be. And maybe you've been listening to this and you're thinking, you know, maybe your week has just been crap where it's like just stuff hitting the fan. You don't feel like, you know, you're, you're, you're quite yourself or, you know, who's going to listen to me? Who's going to listen to my message? Who's going to buy my book or take my group coaching or whatever it is? You already are enough. Yep. And I want you to know that. And I want you to hear that and say that to yourself you know, in the mirror tomorrow morning or, or, or this morning, you know, saying to yourself 10 times, I am enough. I am loved. I am worthy of love and loving myself. And, you know, for, for Megan, you know, just making me cry, John. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that is that I love that you're starting, you really embrace that before you could really unleash the tremendous power that you uh, have innately uh, going a little Tony Robbins unleashing the power within um, for the clients that come and connect with you for the ones who are saying I, I really feel kind of stuck um, how early on in the process do you introduce that concept of self-love uh, it's the first session okay <laughs> um, when we're looking at a at a company's values we have to look at the values and the the vision and the plan of that CEO. She's mm-hmm. the one who's going to carry this all forward. And I, it breaks my heart the amount of times that I meet with these women that haven't even, they haven't even known to or given themselves the space to sit down and figure out what they really want mm-hmm. and who they really are. And what their values are and what their standards are and what their big why is. And that information, um, it, it is at the core of every business. And if it's not, you can tell. Sure. Sure. You can see it. You can smell it from a mile away. Absolutely. Now you, you can't cry because I'm a sympathetic crier and, and it's one where, you know, for these clients who come in and, and they connect with you, um, you, you give them permission to be asked questions they may have never been asked before Totally. about saying, what do you think? What's important to you? What's in, where do you see yourself with this company, with this message in two, three, five years from now, 10 years from now? We're talking legacy questions. We're talking about impact far beyond your, your individual reach. Um, those that first session. Wonder what kind of some of those um, those common experiences that you have with clients as they come out of that that first session. Um, a lot of them say, you know, holy cow! I never would have thought that anything having to do with marketing would be would go here. Uh, some of them are like, I would say a a pretty good amount of crying happens in that first session because yes, I'm giving them permission. I'm creating that space and I'm mm-hmm. inviting them to walk into something that many of them haven't ever before. And that I feel is that's such a detriment to the business world when that mm. isn't opened up. And when that, when that pure heart of that woman who's at the heartbeat of this organization doesn't shine through, that's, that's a disservice, like you said. And then mm. it becomes impossible to create that authentic message and to deliver it and to have authentic connection with ideal clients. And it just, it creates a lot of barriers along the way that many of us have been stumbling over without even knowing it. Mm. So mm. really it's, it, it's like you said, it's giving them that permission to see themselves for the, 
effing amazing person that they are. And to step into that thought leadership, to step into that, hey, you've been creating this all the way along, but you've maybe have maybe you've been neglecting yourself in this mm. time. And we gotta bring you in alignment with this, or you're gonna burn out. And maybe you already have, but we're gonna get you back into alignment with that and get you back into love with this organization that you started and catapult you to that next level with a whole new level and understanding and depth that you never thought was possible. Sure. Absolutely. And then that's powerful to, to see that, that realization and then to see that alignment into that powerful self. And, and I would love to know uh, for your clients who have kind of gone through that process, where are some of those tangible results where they say it's because of I aligned and really started loving myself and, and growing that self-love I was able to create this, that I, you know, this book, this course, this coaching, what are some of the kind of tangible results? Well, I would say it's, it's interesting. Like some of my clients keep me on as their chief marketing officer. And I mean, the tangibles that happen are like, like just, you want to talk about the touchy feely stuff, right? Getting in tune with the values and the vision and the mission. Mm-hmm. Like I watch clients be able to let go of employees and hire on new employees that really match the energy of the organization and then help increase, you know, hit the gas as far as it goes in terms of creating additional revenue and really creating a culture that's that people want to be part of. And, mm. you know, so the things that happen on the outside aren't always just the typical marketing things. And in fact, if they are, I, I feel pretty disappointed in the situation, but Mm -hmm. like, yeah, trans world has experienced like quintupling growth since, but they still are operating on their four core values that we came together with and they live, breathe, eat and drink that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they have a killer team that is, just completely aligned and is achieving goals and is helping them move that company forward on a daily basis, you know? And then, I mean, there's other cases where clients just by getting the, the epiphany around restructuring their offerings or positioning them in a different way has helped them catapult to achieve their revenue goals. And that then enables them to do so much more and achieve the impact that they are wanting to, to make. And yes, they've launched eBooks that, get people into their weight loss programs that then, you know, bring more women to a place of like love and of themselves. And there's all these things that just get to happen. And you're seeing the big smile on my face because this is what, you know, it's the, the level of impact as it grows and expands in my career. That's what I'm going for. That is what I am here for. That connection and that growth of impact. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. When it's when when I think like the tangible, you know, asking you about the, the tangible, it's it's you know, if it's a book, okay, great, it's a book. But being able to see them on stage and seeing their entire countenance so completely different than six months ago or even a couple months ago, it's one where you know some of the clients that we've worked with and being able to see them go through the messaging, going through the experience. And then seeing the before and after, not just with okay, we created a new website and here's a website copy, but it's the, you know, the meeting them in person during the initial meeting and then a couple months later having a different meeting and you can see there is a physical countenance difference because they feel freer. They feel more aligned with themselves. They're more at peace. They're more relaxed. It's like, I mean, it, it changes the entire climate of the meeting. My clients tell me that they are, a, they've come, transformed their entire lives because mm. of the work that they've done with me, not just their businesses, but that their, you know, their relationships with their significant others have changed. Their, their own, like their physicality has changed because they become more in love with themselves and like respecting themselves. And mm. they realize that all of this work that we do together translates into and has tendrils in all the other areas of their life. And it's not just about the transformation of their marketing and their branding. It's about their total life, their team transformation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So bringing into uh, one question I love to ask all of our guests is going, what have, you been, what have you been reading lately or listening to from a podcast besides copying content? Uh, what are some other like podcasts or um, some TED Talks, some presentations, some books that you've been really uh, vibing with over the last year or so? 
Oh boy. Let's see. Um, over the last year or so, I wasn't prepared for this one. So I'm going to have yeah, to, it's a curveball question. So that have been, um, okay, let's see. So a lot of the, what I try to do on a regular basis is to have a balance of personal growth, spiritual growth, and professional growth all happening mm. at the same time. Okay. Um, so I'll be, <laughs> it might make other people feel crazy, but I'm an Enneagram seven and I love my variety, but I'll be listening to two different books on audible and reading three different books that are by my bedside. And so I'm consuming a whole bunch of different stuff at any given time. But if I, um, I can't think of any particular, actually, that's not true. Grit and Grace is one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, that's okay. Women, I call it, I would say it's a spiritual development, but also personal development podcast. Sure. Um, where the, the two women are, you know, very much in alignment with me and the concept of consciousness and new age spirituality, ways of looking at things in the world. Um, but they also have obviously very practical applications of things. And I, let's see, my favorite books by far that I've ever read are all written by Mike Michalowicz as okay. in, in the world of business. Profit first. Uh, Profit first is one of my Bibles. I think <laughs> I read it again this year just because I wanted to make sure I was following everything and sure all well. Um, the Untethered Soul is another book that I've read over and over and over again. Um, let's see, I'm looking. Good thing I have my bookshelf right here because that's important. Um, you know, other business books that you resonate with. So Traction is one of them that comes from Entrepreneurs Organization. Mm-hmm. And Making Money is Killing Your Business, which comes from Chuck Blakeman of Crankset Group. Those books that are fundamentally... Uh, designed to transform the way that you look at a business. E-Myth is another one because you stop looking at it from a technician standpoint or, hey, I started my business because I'm an expert in marketing. And you start looking at at your business as, hey, I'm a business leader Mm. and I need to be good. I either need to be good in all areas of the business or I need to surround myself with a team who's good in all areas of the business. I choose the latter. Um, but I need to have proficient understanding of all the, all the major areas of business. And that is what makes a true business owner. So as we develop ourselves professionally, we have to become well-rounded in the understanding of business as it is. Sure. Sure. Well, I appreciate you. Let me, you know, ask the, the, the curveball question about the, the books and podcasts, but um, all of those that you mentioned, grit and grace, uh, profit first and tethered soul. I mean, all the ones that you mentioned, they're going to be in the show notes and with links to it saying, you know, if you want to check them out on Audible or Amazon or whatnot, um, um, it's one where we can't claim to be thought leaders if we're not reading and truly being able to digest the ideas and perspectives of other people to help continue to inform and shape and strengthen our own perspectives. Uh, and you, you give a great list of books. And I appreciate you for that. Um, so as, as we kind of wrap up here saying, okay, um, you know, if somebody wanted to connect with you, how, do, how does somebody learn from you and your area of genius? Uh, where do they go? How do they connect with you? Can I, can I answer one of your other questions? Sure. Absolutely. I think it's a really good question. You okay. asked, uh, what's a practical tip or tactic I can share with thought leaders for creating amazing content? Absolutely. I will say the one word is surveys survey your past ideal clients and ask them a ton of questions about them. And then use that information to position your messaging in a way that they want to receive it. So think about how knowing the books that they read, knowing the podcasts they listen to, the videos they watch, et cetera, knowing how that information can, you can infuse it into your content and influence the topics that you talk about will hit them where they are at and will help meet their needs better than you trying to think of it in a vacuum. Absolutely. And then that's, that's great. And you mentioned about surveys, you said asking a ton of questions, kind of what, like how many questions do you recommend? How do you, how long do you recommend those surveys to be? I really think that it depends on the client. And we do this at the beginning of my process with all of my clients. So there's an importance of understanding the demographics of your clientele from their income to their zip codes, to their age, their, uh, you know, the social media platforms they are on and how active they are, what 
all the, the things that I said, what they read, what they consume, et cetera, because all that information then helps you decide the marketing tactics to use, but it also helps influence your, co- your content. And then you want to ask questions about their experience of working with you. Have they ever worked with, in your case, another, you know, content creator before another content and, you know, influencer before, have they ever worked with somebody else like you? And if so, what do they see as different about you from anyone else who does what you do? And what did they appreciate most about the process of working with you? And, you know, asking a lot of those questions that are going to inform the change that should occur in your business Um, So there's no magic number of how many questions. And what I can say is if you're ever fearful of asking too many questions, you probably just need to shift your mindset into thinking that if you've provided excellent value to your past clients, they're not going to mind answering five more questions if it's going to help you out. Sure, sure. Well, and ultimately it's to help themselves out as well. Exactly. Because the more that they can share information that's um, interesting to them and helpful to you, the more they can be able to get even better results in the future. And that's one where, um, you know, that's why kind of our, our tagline for copy and content is for thought leaders who actually give an ish about your audience. Because if you're putting a survey out there only to grow more sales, you don't really care about your audience. Nope. But to be able to survey and then really dig into the questions, dig into the answers and say, okay, this is, this might even um, change your perspective and, and even create um, you know, do an entire shift on something that you're already offering, but then also saying maybe um, in another way, it could even create a whole new opportunity that's just not realized yet. And it wouldn't be realized without that survey in place. Exactly. And asking questions around how could we improve our services and what would you like to see differently? Those questions are just as valid as what we're doing right. Mm-hmm. If we're not doing right or we could, what we can improve upon will help you serve your clients better. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Megan Conter, thank you so much, the mistress of marketing. Um, yeah. And uh, I, again, go ahead and tell our our, re- our not readers, our listeners, this is a podcast, not a blog. Come on, John. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got to get my ish together too. Um, if somebody want to connect with you, where do they go? How do they connect with you? Yes. Thank you very much. It's mm-hmm. MeganConter.com and that's M-E-G-H-A-N-N-C-O-N-T-E-R.com. Or if you want to check out the dames, it's the dames.co. Okay. And you can find me online with my handle, Megan Conter, just about everywhere. I'd love to connect with you. Just make sure you let me know that you came from copy and content with the one and the only John Cook. Well, that is. Accept your friend request. <laughs> that works for me. Again, thank you so much, Megan, with two N's. Um, and, uh, you know, being able to really make a difference with your message, being able to make a difference with tremendous clients, uh, intelligent, um, powerful clients that you are working with who are really shaping the future of the world. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your time. And for you, listener, as you're just wrapping up here, Thanks again for listening to the Copy and Content Podcast. We'll check you and see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Copy and Content Podcast with John Cook. If you like what you heard, do what fans do. Subscribe, share, rave, and show up for our next episode of Copy and Content. But until then, stay beautiful, my friend. Stay beautiful, my friend.